Welcome to the Rotten Round Table. <laughs> up and welcome to the horror cast episode number 125 and tonight is a rotten roundtable episode for those of you not in the know these are the episodes where we talk about horror news we talk about horror releases for the current month and then we go around the rotten roundtable and talk about all of the movies that uh, each host has been watching over the last uh, month or so so, I am one of your hosts tonight, Mark Nato, and we're going to bring in three of the best co-hosts on the interwebs. Let's bring in Vin first. Revenant Vin, what's up? Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, it's nice to, uh, you know, be in the summer as a teacher because we're recording late and I don't feel like I'm about to pass out. Um, so, this is yeah. this is a nice, nice change for me. Did you have a nice nap today? <laughs> uh, no nap today, but uh, no nap. I'm not... Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> All right. I love naps, by the way. I'm a napper. Oh, like, yeah. I'll, I'll take a 20-minute nap. Almost I'll every wake day. up early just so I can take a nap That's in right. the middle That's of the day. Right. All right. Well, let's bring in the Taminator. What's up? Hi, you guys. Unlike Vin, I am still in school, so I'm glad we're doing this. I was having a day today. I needed something fun, and these are, like, my favorite things to do, so... Yeah. You were having a day. I was, man. And next, if I ever say I'm going to take an accelerated class over the summer, I need one of you to knock some sense into me because (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard. You know, my last semester of college, guess how many credit hours I took? 29. No, no. I'm dying with four here. Yep. 29 credit hours. No. It was was nuts, though. So... All right, let's bring in Jessica, the Amateur Destroyer. What's up? Hey, everyone. How's it going? I'm excited to be here and just do a a chill-out episode. I've actually been really busy lately, so it's kind of nice. I get to relax for a minute and just talk horror. Mm -hmm. It's always fun to just chat it up. Not a whole lot of prep goes into this. Just bring to the table what you've been watching. That's all you need. So Yeah. All right. Well, let's get right into it. We're going to start off with the news feed. The news feed. All right. Got a few things uh, on the the radar here that I wanted to talk about. And it seems like I'm always talking about things that are being remade. But that's the the world we live in. And I saw this probably a few days ago. But uh, Jason Blum confirms that Blumhouse will produce a new The Exorcist movie. No. Yes. Is this a remake or like a sequel? No, this is a remake. No. A reboot has been threatened for several years now with a report from last December claiming Blumhouse will be producing 
alongside Morgan Creek with Halloween's David Gordon Green in talks to direct. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, look, I think that The Exorcist is, you know, I love the ha- Halloween, but The Exorcist is really, to me, the greatest horror movie ever made. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think anything that they do will even come close, not even come close. So I won't even look at it as like, I'm going to pretend like it's a whole different story. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I did, however, enjoy the TV series. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever watch it? Yeah, I watched I did. it. <laughs> I, I thought it was excellent. It was. Um, and uh, I did not hate it. Yeah. I mean, the, the first season um, in particular was, you know, mm-hmm. really, really good to me. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed the second season as well, but it wasn't quite the same, but yeah. So I wish they would do something, you know, other than just a straight up remake, because yeah. I think it's destined to fail, uh, in the eyes of the exorcist fans. And, and the same thing, uh, they keep talking about doing a jaws remake and, uh, Steven Spielberg is, is fighting that. And, you know, that probably won't happen until after he he passes or something, you know, in 20, 30 years. But uh, I, don't I feel know. like there's so many of these remakes that they, they misunderstand what makes those films so good. Yes. You know, exactly. and the classics mm-hmm. like they're they're going to think it's all about Reagan. I feel, like, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, when it's really it's, it's about Father Karras. I mean, yeah. that's what that's right. the heart of the movie. That's what really gets, you know, the the uh, the plot moving along and mm-hmm. even Jaws. It's about those guys. Yep. <laughs> you know? yep. That's why. I mean, yeah, the shark is fun, but you watch that movie over and over again during the summer because of Quint, because of you know, yep. Chief Brody, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. There's also just something about movies from the '70s that you cannot replicate. Plus, I just feel like they're gonna want it's gonna be all CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm afraid of. Almost. Almost positive it will be. Yeah. But. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, like, you know, we've had so many remakes over the years, and almost never do people go for the remake. Mm-hmm. You know, when they go to watch these films again, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's. I, I will tell you this: there's there's a short list of remakes. I'm not saying I like them better than the original, but mm-hmm. uh, I do enjoy the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. I thought that was good. It's not. It's not the first one. It's not the original, right? Uh, but I, I still enjoyed it, um, and I, I enjoyed the um, the Hills Have Eyes remake. Uh, there's there's a there's a few more that were okay, but like yeah, you can't you can't replicate it. And, and yeah. going going into more remakes, uh, we got another thing here. Um, Shout Studios is producing a reimagining. This is not a remake, guys. This is a reimagining okay. of Roger <laughs> Corman's 82 classic Slumber Party Massacre. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the director, uh, Danishka Esterhazy, that's the uh, person who um, uh, did the Banana Splits movie, which wasn't bad. It was a sci-fi 
movie, but mm-hmm. it was it was better than Willy's Wonderland. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, I feel like in this era, this is just going to be like a female centric slasher with no nudity. <laughs> you know? With no nudity, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the reimagining. It's not going to be gratuitous shower scenes uh, this time yes. around. Um, yes. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, they even they even say who they've got in the uh, remake, and I don't know who any of these ladies are. Um, Hannah, Ganera, Francis, Shelton, Douglas. Yeah, I don't know who any of these people well, are. Wasn't that original film written as a satire? Yeah, and then it ended absolutely. Up being filmed was. as a straight slasher. Yeah, the, like it really yeah. wasn't filmed as a satire. So yeah. it would be interesting if they kind of went the satire route. You know, where yeah, because it was. Um, a straight up feminist who uh, who wrote that movie, right? Yeah, it was like a, a parody satire of slashers, and then when they filmed it, it they just filmed it like a regular slasher film. Um, so yeah. all of that, all of that satire, kind of went out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'll watch it, but I'm not I'm not thinking yeah. it's going to be. Uh, too yeah, I'll watch anything. Yeah, yeah, give them a chance, but I'm not. I'm like really, especially not excited about the Exorcist remake. Yeah, no. totally. Yeah, leave it I'm, alone. I, excited I, I don't mind going to watch it i'm not going to be like ooh but i don't mind watching it but i just can't i can't go into it comparing it to the original cuz i know right. it's not going to hold a candle so um tamnator know you're going to hate this if you haven't not heard this news already but love Ca- lovecraft country will yeah. not return for a Aww. second season i did hear that I mean, yeah. it's a it's a travesty. I, I I belong to the the Facebook group for that, and people are like canceling their HBO series uh, subscriptions left and right. So yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the deal was. Why why they didn't? I mean, did it not have as good enough ratings? Or I, I've been trying to find a reason. I think it had great ratings, and I think it would people loved it. I. Kind of got the idea that the the girl that's the producer, I can't think of her name right now, couldn't come to agreements with them of the direction she wanted to take it. But I haven't gotten like really concrete, like what I haven't been able to figure out exactly what, you know, like the nail in the coffin was. Because yeah. I had been here and they were going round and round for a while. And then they had kind of come to an agreement. And then all of a sudden it was just announced that it was over. So uh-huh. I don't know. It was Misha Green. That's the Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe she'll do an interview and we'll find out. Uh, uh, I'm. I mean, somebody else will pick it up. I'm thinking. I mean, I think it's that good. It might pop up somewhere else. I'm thinking maybe somebody that gives her, you know, some license to do what she wants to with it. Yeah, I heard somebody say like they were thinking that uh, um, the girl Misha Green said that zombies were going to be in the second season. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I know, that would be weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But she she did uh, uh, tweet a taste of season two. Wish we could have brought you Lovecraft Lovecraft Country Supremacy. And they like there's like a um, a, a map of the United States. Yeah, I did see that. It's like an alternate mm-hmm. universe or something. Yeah. The New Negro Republic, Jefferson Commonwealth, the Whitelands. <laughs> I know, and I think that's what turned HBO off. But mm-hmm. I'm surprised because you know HBO, 
strike me as being rather progressive, you know? Uh, I mean, yeah. the fact that they picked that up, picked that show up in the first place, but I don't mm. know. I mean, who knows how far she wanted to take that supremacy premise? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, what a bummer. You won't be getting it. I don't um, like when people make that decision for us, like what we can handle and what we can't. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think if you don't like it, don't watch it, but don't not make something that I think is definitely worthy of being made for a reason like that, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, Edgar Wright's movie, Last Night in Soho. Um, this thing has been jerked around like so much. Like I think it switched a release date like five times. And they're finally saying it's going to be um, October 29th. That's what they're saying. And I wanted to say that because uh, that's my girl, Anya Taylor-Joy, is in that. And uh, I love I love, I love, love pretty much anything she's in. I'm not sure uh, if I've ever seen a movie that she's in that I didn't love. Mm-hmm. So, um, And that is also the same day as Antlers is coming out, which... I can't wait for that either. Yay. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, I don't know how to feel about this because I, I don't need to buy anything else <laughs> related to Halloween. Um, hold on. <laughs> but Scream Factory is bringing the first five Halloween movies to 4K. And wow. Dag Nabbit, Play. didn't I just spend $200? <laughs> on the Blu-ray uh, set of all of them. Yes, I did. Why do I need this? But God knows that I'll probably buy it anyway. And it's not even a um, like a collector's pack or anything. They're all going to be sold separately starting September 28th. Oh, boy. Yes. And, uh, you know, they're going to be expensive because they're, I was, they're, they're just getting in your yeah. pocketbook there. <laughs> they're 4k. Yeah. Uh, those are usually at least 30 bucks, but these are special editions. And I guarantee they'll be like 50 bucks a piece. Oh my gosh. I don't, I could be wrong, but anyway, if you, if you're a Halloween, uh, freak, um, you might want to know that. So, so you can be saving your pennies. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for the news feed. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into uh, mark your calendars for July. Hey, love horror movies? Yeah, so do we. Handpicked by experts psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires. Shutter kills Netflix on selection. Screams on demand. Shutter.com. All right. Well, we're going to get into Mark Your Calendars for July. Woohoo! Woohoo! Mark Calendars! Mark Calendars! There's not a ton coming out in July, so I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. Um, we're recording this on July 6th, so a couple of things have already come out. Uh, J- July 2nd, Fear Street. Part 1, 1994, dropped on Netflix. Uh, Megan Fox's new film, Till Death, on VOD. On Netflix, uh, The Eighth Night. And then on VOD, Let Us In, which uh, stars Tobin Bell. and It's like that kid's 
on bikes kind of mystery thing that I was telling you about mm -hmm. uh, before. Uh, the God Committee and Werewolves Within we had a had a very uh, limited theatrical release at the end of June, but it's out on VOD. And then the sixth today, uh, Rock Paper and Scissors. Hmm, bet that's fun. <laughs> and then this terrifying. Friday, <laughs> yeah, the ninth. <laughs> Uh, Fear Street Part 2, 1978, dropping on Netflix. Uh, Dakra uh, is actually coming out in the theaters, which I've been looking forward to being able to really talk about that because it's a good movie, and it's and I've seen it like almost two years ago, and it finally is getting a release. Then we jump to the 14th on Netflix, a classic horror story. This, to me, looks like a haunted house-type film. I'm into that. And then on the 16th, Escape Room 2, guys. Tournament Ooh. of Champions. We've been waiting on this one. Oh, yeah. No, not me. Um, Escape Room 1 was, eh, it was all right. It didn't need a sequel. In the in the trailer, it just looks like it's an action film. It doesn't look like it's, like, really a horror film. So, um, Also, uh, on Netflix, a film called Deep. Great White on VOD. Uh and then Rising Wolf comes out in the theater. And then, of course, uh, on Netflix, part three of Fear Street comes out 1666. Um, on the 20th of July, Room 9 comes out, about a haunted hotel room. The 22nd, Candisha drops, drops on Shutter. The 23rd, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Old drops in theaters. And this is a weird one. Came, comes out on VOD. It's called Mandibles. It's about like a giant fly. Uh, I about that. Uh, and then the 29th <laughs> on Shutter, The Boy Behind the Door. And the 30th in theaters is The Green Knight. So there's not a ton coming out, but there's, there's a few things that uh, look very interesting to me. And of course, I always say this. It's a uh, thing that I say. This is not an exhaustive list. There's going to be stuff dropping that I couldn't find, and it's just going to drop. Uh, so, But that's just a good start for you. Um, so there you go. Let's mark your calendars for July. So we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go around the Rotten Roundtable and talk about what we've been watching. Let's hide in the attic. No, in the basement. Why can't we just get in the running car? Are you crazy? Let's hide behind the chainsaws. Smart. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you're in a horror movie, you make poor decisions. That's what you do. Shh. I'm being quiet. Breathing on me. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's what you do. All right, we're back, and we're going to go around the Rotten Roundtable. What have we been watching? Van, why don't you start us off? All right, I'm going to bring in uh, The Conjuring 3, and uh, I think this may be the first time I talk about a Conjuring film, and I won't have people mostly disagree with me. <laughs> 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 you know? uh, this is directed by uh, Michael Chaves, or Chavez. Is it Chavez? I haven't actually heard it out loud. I haven't heard it spoken. <laughs> so maybe it's Chavez. Um and, you know, okay, so I've made my dislike of the real Warrens well-known, so I'm not going to go into all that. Uh, however, this one for The Conjuring 3, The Devil Maybe Do It case, is local history to me. Um, you know, my parents grew up in Brookfield, where this whole thing happened. 
Uh, this is where the alleged possession uh, of the boy and the very real murder took place. Uh, the crime scene is almost directly across the street from where my grandparents are buried. Um, so I see it often. Um, and the alleged possessed child is now a grown man who lives within a few square miles of me. Uh, and you know, he, he, they do him and his brother did end up suing the Warrens, uh, at one point for, um, lying and exploiting them. <laughs> uh, a case that was curiously dropped right before the conjuring came out. Um, so I had kind of an odd level of curiosity watching this film. So you definitely can't discount those things when I discuss it. Um, so just get one thing out of the way um, in case people are curious. You know, do they get the town right? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is very clearly not Western Connecticut, um, which is way more hilly and densely forested than what we see on screen. I think it was filmed in Georgia and it shows. Um, you know, Brookfield is a fairly small town. Uh, there's no general hospital here. Um, you know, and uh, it does have a walking clinic, I believe. And <clears throat> I'm not criticizing the film for this. I know how movies are made. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I am glad they actually kind of kept the dog kennel in. Uh, that's that was actually where the murder took place. And uh, I think now today it's actually a vet's office. Um, so, you know, I I didn't I didn't hate this film. I'll just come out and say that. Um, however, I thought the parts regarding the possession and what was happening with uh, again, the real life murderer, Arnie Johnson, were the weakest parts of the story. Um, you know, the stuff regarding there's a thing with the devil worshiper uh, that was more interesting, but I think very underdeveloped. Um, and I thought it was kind of morally odd to depict a real life murderer as a tragic hero and a real life murder victim as like an obnoxious belligerent drunk. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I did I did kind of question those choices there. Um, so. You know, if people aren't aren't familiar with the story at this point, uh, which I'd be surprised if they weren't, but you know, there was this young boy who was allegedly possessed, um, and Arnie Johnson was the boyfriend of that boy's sister, and he later murdered a man. Uh, I think the guy was actually Australian, um, but um, and he claimed that he didn't have control over himself, and that the demon that was in the boy was then in him. Uh, you know, so it was basically the devil making him kill. And that was the first time that was used as uh, a defense in court, which it failed. Um, but, you know, so it's a very interesting case on its own. Uh, but the, the movie doesn't actually deal with the case that much. And I think kind of to the benefit of the movie, uh, when they do deal with the case, I don't think it the movie handles very well. Um, and I did like a few scenes. Uh, there was like a funeral home sequence that I liked. Um, but I think that, you know, this movie reveals something that I said or that I've been claiming for a long time now. And that's that the Warrens are boring characters. Uh, they're these wholesome do-gooders who, vanilla. you know, they're very vanilla. They are very vanilla. Uh, we've spent multiple movies with them and they have had no character arcs. Um, and giving one of them like supernatural induced heart disease is not the same thing as character development. Uh, they have no, <laughs> they have no character flaws. <laughs> That's what happens in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have to assume that because they're based on real people, one of whom was still alive when these films began, that there's something in the contract uh, that they can never be shown in a negative light. That's just my guess. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the other Conjuring films of Warrens were side characters. So the focus was on the families that they were helping. Um, but here it's, it's all the Warrens, you know, and they might as well be cardboard cutouts. And it's not really the actor's fault. It's all in the writing. You know, the actors aren't, you know, they're not the ones that are hurting this. Yeah. Uh, and this time we don't have James Wan's direction to kind of help hide the poor writing. Yeah. Um, and I've said this before. 
I think a lot of the franchise as a whole just suffers from bad writing, uh, internal inconsistencies, lazily relying on tired tropes, lots of melodrama, even the ones that are well-directed, like Annabelle creation have real problems with writing and logic. Uh, but, you know, like uh, I, I mentioned this in, a, in the Facebook group. One of the things that I kept wondering was what happened to the parents mm -hmm. uh, of this young boy? You see them in the opening scene and then you never see them again. Mm -hmm. uh, and we see this boy multiple times. Like at one point, he's just like visiting Arnie in the prison, you know, with his sister. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's kind of a weird, you know, day trip. <laughs> Go hang out in the prison uh, yeah. with this guy who's been arrested for murder. I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even at the very end, it shows a courtroom. Uh, with, you know, Arnie on trial. Um, and the little boy and his big sister are sitting with the Warrens. They're not sitting with their parents. It's just a weird choice. You know, I mean, film is a, it's, it has a language all its own. When you show something like that, you're almost implying that, like, the Warrens have taken the place of parents in this situation. Mm -hmm. um, it's just weird. It's just, you know, it's a weird choice. And I think it's kind of symptomatic of the larger storytelling issues that are going on here. Um, but like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I was entertained overall. Um, you know, punctuated by moments of confusion and boredom, but overall, I didn't mind killing an hour and a half with this one. Um, not great, but you know, for me, it's on par with the Conjuring films. But I think most people will see it as a step down. Yeah, I see it as a major step down. Uh, the the first Conjuring movie I really liked, uh, apart from the, you know, the bland characters there of uh, of the Warrens. Second one was okay. Had a couple pretty good scenes, but this one, I just, I'm sorry. It just didn't do anything for me. So I'm yeah, glad you liked it. Thing, there's nothing memorable about it. I mm -mm. almost mm -mm. forgot all about it already. I saw yeah. it two weeks ago and I was, didn't even put it on my list. Cause I couldn't remember anything about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, wow, I think Vin liked it more than all of us. Yeah. yeah. So I say I didn't like it, but <laughs> but I didn't like, I didn't you crap you on didn't, it as much as I thought. didn't mind. Well, he had a reason to be engaged with it. You know, we didn't. Yeah, so, yeah I was yeah. at least looking to see how they depicted the local area. But. Right. Okay. All right. Well, Jessica, what do you got? Yeah, for my first um, movie of tonight, I figured I'd bring up The Amusement Park um, by George A. Romero, who we all love and respect and miss. Um, and it's kind of cool to get something from him, you know, all these years later um, after he created it. And it is just a weird PSA film, um, but it's still so him. And I actually liked it for what it was um, but just to give a quick little plot summary for those who don't know it's about an elderly gentleman who goes for what he assumes will be an ordinary day at the amusement park only to find himself in the middle of a hellish nightmare instead <laughs> uh, and yeah I did put a note down that this was the scariest damn PSA I've ever seen um, but also the best PSA I've ever seen so I thought it was pretty cool. Let's see. It was actually shot in 1973. Um, and it's just getting released now, finally. And I guess that's because um, the investors found it too gruesome. And it was created as a PSA. So they found it too gruesome. Um, so they did not want to follow through with showing it after it was created. Um, and so the... The rights were acquired finally um, by Shutter, 
and so Shutter is the one who released it. Um, what, and it's, what was it a PSA for? It was about um, the mistreatment of the elderly community. Okay. Which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was who originally asked him to do this. I feel like it was some sort of religion or something, but I can't find mm -hmm. the note that I had written about that. So that's really um, annoying of me. But if I see it, I'll yell it out. Um, but yeah, so he was asked to do this film and then they watched it and they were horrified um so they're like no we do not want to put that out there um but i think it's really cool it's really trippy um and of course everything in the amusement park is supposed to be um oh, i'm so sorry i cannot think of words right now it's <laughs> It's like him stumbling around this amusement park, but all of the scenarios that he's coming across are it's supposed to be like um like a morale tale for the way that the elderly are treated. So he's, you know, beaten by some young kids and disrespected mm -hmm. by people. There's people who don't listen to him and just ignore him because he's just an old person. He tries to ask people for help and everybody just ignores him. And it, it's just him stumbling around and it's so sad um, to watch. And it sounds um, really depressing. It is yeah. really yeah. depressing. I it's, just think about how my back hurts when I go on rides with my kids. And that's like already <laughs> abuse for older people. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, the main character who plays the elderly gentleman, his name's Harry Albacher. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's no actual dialogue. There's just a narrator uh, who's Lincoln uh, Maisel. Um, so it's just Harry Albacher stumbling around. And so all of his acting is coming from like his facial expressions um, and his interactions with all these people that he runs into around the amusement park. And then there's like parts where he's given a little hope, you know, and he thinks that somebody's going to be kindly towards him. And then they end up abandoning him in the end. And things like that. So it's really depressing. And I think we're all afraid of, you know, growing older and having to think about dealing with those certain things. And then, of course, you know, just death in general. Um, so it's really short, um, but it's really cool and trippy and, you know, sad, but very George A. Romero. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, to watch it. It's only it's less than an hour, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is 54 minutes. Okay. So what's yeah. gruesome about it or whatever? I think it's just that they're actually showing this old man, like, getting beaten and stuff. I mean, I it's not like I super, watch that. It's not, like, super, super graphic or anything, but I think just that they're, like, showing it at all um, mm -hmm. was probably what the, uh, the people who are putting in money didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the investors yeah. were like, yeah, I don't think so. That's not what we were going for. Yeah. But I think All it's right. fun that it was dug up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's head on over to Tammy. What do you got, Tammy? All right. Well, I'm going to leave that to <laughs> leave the depression and go for something a little more comedic and uh, bring in Werewolves Within, which I don't know. I watched this on your Plex. I'm not sure where it's available, but it is a 2021 
VOD. Okay. Um, so a proposed gas pipeline has created divisions within the small town of Beaverfield. When a snowstorm traps its residents together inside the local inn, newly arrived forest ranger Finn, played by Sam Richardson, who was really good, and poster worker Cecily, played by Melania Vaintrub, who was, I don't, I'd never seen her before. She's really beautiful. She was really good in here. You've Must seen to- her. You want to know where you've seen her? Yeah. She's the AT&T girl. Oh, my God. She is, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's a totally different person in here, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she must try to keep the peace and uncover the truth behind a mysterious creature that has begun terrorizing the community now. So this one of the, this has a whole bunch of people and you're going to like know a lot of them by, you know, their face. But mm-hmm. Michael Chernus is in here who I know from Orange is the New Black and just looking at him makes me happy. makes me laugh. And it also stars Catherine Curtin from Orange is the New Black. And I've said many times that I don't love horror comedy, but this is absolutely horror comedy done right. This reminds me so much of Wolf of Snow Hollow. But to me, Wolf of Snow Hollow is like a 10. And I would say this is maybe a 7.5 or an 8. But the comedy actually made me laugh out loud. And just be warned that the real horror does not hit to, like, the third act. So you have to be entertained for that whole time, which I definitely was. But, you know, comedy, as we've said, is subjective. And if you think dry comedy played straight is hilarious like me, then you will, I think you will love this. Um, I thought the creature looked great. And they use entirely practical effects, which I appreciated. Um, You could tell it's not a huge budget, but it it 100% felt like a labor of love to me, which I really appreciated. Um, And then I really loved (laughs) Michaela Watkins as the craft store lady. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought she was so great. But like I said, it's just one of the times where I can say, in my opinion, and it's going to be a very subjective one, this is horror comedy done right. And it was I thought it was hilarious. So, mm-hmm. but not everybody. I mean, you know, you just got to say, is that for you? And yeah. be willing to hang in there for the horror, which really doesn't completely show its head till the third act. Yeah, because I was, I was expecting a little bit more werewolf. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't really get it until the last right. 10 minutes. <clears throat> but um, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was as funny as you think, mm-hmm. think it was, but... It reminds me a little bit of like Twin Peaks, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like that kind of weird town. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I thought it was it was shot very well. The score was good. Uh, mm-hmm. Acting was really good, and uh, I did like the the effects at the end. And I was I was shocked at the reveal. Me too. I mean, yeah. you know, it has to be. I mean. You're led mm-hmm. to believe it's it's somebody in the inn or whatever. But where it ends up going, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they, they got me for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and the main character there, um, the ranger, you said what was his name again? Sam Richardson. Yeah. He he was a sympathetic character. He was he was good. He did a good job. He in did that, a really great job. Film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I w- I would definitely recommend it, but I, you said seven point five. Yeah. I would probably go with around a seven. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say so. Um, but I, I could see the the comparison there to Wolf Snow Hollow. You know, what, I, think I think if that's I, a much superior film. Oh, but. beyond, beyond. But I think if had it had more werewolf, I might bump it up a little bit. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. that was the whole thing with me. It needed yeah. just it just needed like one or two more 
werewolf scenes. Yeah, there's uh, nothing about it I didn't like. I I just wish it had some more things in it I did like. I don't know how else to explain that, you know? Yeah. But yep. really good. But I, I do think that uh, yeah, AT&T Girl did a good job, too. But uh, she, she's, uh, I think she's kind of breaking out of just commercials. She's <laughs> going to be the it. next flow from Progressive, you know, where she yes. starts showing up on things. Yeah. 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 I think she's in Silicon Valley, if I'm remembering correctly, because my husband brought her up when she started showing in those AT&T commercials and he loves Silicon Valley. So I'm pretty sure yeah. that's the show that she was in before that people might know her from. Well, I have a feel. I mean, I haven't seen that show. I know the tone of that show. So I'm guessing the character that she plays here ends up being way different than anything you would like see her playing, you know? So, yeah. I don't want to say too much, but yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. That's Werewolves Within. All right. Um, it's my turn. And I'm going to turn to the serious. Um, anybody else seen Censor yet? No, not, not yet. Yeah. This is already in my top 10 oh. of the year so far. Uh, this is set in um, the UK in the 80s. And after viewing a strangely familiar video nasty, Enid, a film censor, that's what she does is she watches these horror films and she um, says what they can and cannot show. Uh, and, and she sees this video nasty that she's um, looking at and censoring and, and it kind of like gets to her. It's like eerily familiar. She sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. Uh, it's directed by uh, Prino Bailey Bond. Um, I'm not, not exactly sure. It's it's a female director. Uh, this is I think this might be her first um, full length. But man, this one got to me. It got under my skin. Oh. Um, it, it's creepy. It's got like an air of mystery to it uh, because I, I, I wasn't sure like what was this um, reminding her of and how did her sister disappear? Like what does this all um, mean? And, and I loved the, the fact that it was a period piece in the 80s and that it was dealing with video nasties because, you yeah. know, that was big yep. back then, the censoring yeah. of these movies. And she had to go uh, to this uh, video store and – and uh, seek out this kind of underground illegal video nasty uh, film to try to find out what had happened to her sister, her sister. And um, the, the girl that plays Enid uh, I don't know if it, is, is Nayama Nayam. I don't know. Algar. She was really good in this film. Uh, it was beautifully shot. It kind of reminded me, I, 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 I hate to use this, but like the Argento in, in certain spots, lots, lots of use of, of color and, 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 uh, yeah, but this is, this is kind of a somber, creepy movie. This isn't like, there's not a bunch of jump scares and it's not, uh, it, it's, it's part drama, part, part horror, but I loved it really did Ooh, sounds good. So, i think i've only heard good things about it so far so i'm very intrigued yeah it, it was really really good 
uh, this is uh you know how i i know that it it was really good is like as soon as this comes out on blu-ray i'm gonna buy, i'm gonna buy it <laughs> so, yes so it's called sensor all right back up to vin all right i'm gonna talk about a uh, neil marshall's newest release the reckoning um and okay so (laughs) we have a a woman in 17th century northern england who is falsely accused of witchcraft after her husband commits suicide because he's got the plague and she's being kept in like a a dungeon and tortured and yeah it kind of goes on from there i really wanted to like this movie um and I was ready to like it and forgive it its flaws because I thought it's a period piece about witchcraft with swords and Satan. How can I not like this movie? Uh, <laughs> even if it's not great, I'll at least be entertained. Um, and I got—I feel bad about not liking this film. I like Neil Marshall, you know, and you I think this entertained movie entertained at all. This film, not much. It was—it was long. Uh, it's well intentioned, but it's—I think ultimately kind of misguided and mismanaged. Um, like I said, it's way too long. Uh, nearly two hours, and there's not enough story here to properly fill that time. And by the time it gets to the end, to the reckoning of its title, I found myself really not caring. Um, I got worried in the very beginning. <laughs> I texted you guys during this scene <laughs> where we have this overly long melodramatic sequence of our main, you know, our main character, this woman. She's in the rain, cutting down her husband from the rope that he used to hang himself, and it takes forever. This is such a long sequence. And she's dragging this two-handed Scottish sword that sometimes people refer to as a claymore, like through the mud, as though the thing weighs 30 pounds, you know, when it probably weighs four. Uh, And it's not just because I'm a sword nerd that that worried me. And yes, I admittedly hate when movies perpetuate these false (laughs) stereotypes about swords, that they're heavy and clumsy. But I felt the director was more interested in how the sword looked than on how it was actually would have ever been used. Um, And historically speaking, I feel like that's this film in a nutshell. Uh, Like in this world, we have witch doctors who wear plague doctor masks for some reason. Sorry, witch hunters who wear plague doctor masks Uh, just because they look menacing. Um, Never mind how those things actually would have been used at all. Um, Her house kind of looks rustic, even though it's like these huge windows, uh, which I'm sure were meant to let let natural light in for the cameras. But they would do jack crap to keep her warm (laughs) in northern England climate. Um, And I'm partly... You know, I'm partly being overly nitpicking, and I'm partly not, because uh, I don't think the film has a clear enough sense of its own story sometimes and the setting to make any of this believable to an audience. Like, it's a film that wants to be taken seriously, but it's not realistic enough for that. Like, the main protagonist's hair is always perfect, no matter what happens to her. You know, like, no wonder people think she's a witch, uh, to have that perfect hair all the time. <laughs> Don't hate her because she's beautiful. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. I know. Uh, but it, it. But this film, it doesn't have the sense of fun and pulp that allows an audience to forgive those kinds of things. That would, like, for instance, be in a Hammer period piece. You know? There's a certain sense of knowing fun in those uh, that you don't see here. Like, the main character, she looks like she's ready for a bodice ripper. Um, but that would imply sexy fun. And <laughs> that we don't get that either. Um, and it, it seems like the film is trying to say something about misogyny, but that doesn't really go well. Um, if you really kind of pry into it, uh, mostly I was disappointed with the Satan scenes and the kind of dead end road that they led me down. Like I couldn't understand why Satan she's inside her cell, right. And she's locked in there and he's coming to her and like, she was falsely accused by men of God and she's being held and tortured. What is the devil's purpose in coming to her? 
like that it was never really established as a part of the story that she would be tempted by the devil like we don't see if he's promising to release her or anything like that uh you know is fighting the temptations of satan really what the movie was about i don't think so at all um and i was hoping when those scenes were happening that because the film is called the reckoning that maybe she would like make a deal with satan and she would become like this actual witch like the kind of thing that they actually accused her of being and then she'd wreak all kinds of witchy havoc on the men holding her and i'm like this is going to be awesome but no the same stuff just like ends like you just add some horror visuals <laughs> doesn't that sound like a cool movie yeah, it does, actually, yeah. No, i agree that would it would have been better they yeah. used your idea of it. But the film just drops it. The film just drops it. And then, like, I thought, okay, so maybe it's like a metaphor for her inner torment, you know? But then we see a shot of Satan towards the end when somebody, one of the antagonists, is dying. I guess suggesting that, that guy's now going to hell. So Satan wasn't just a metaphor during those scenes. He was actually real the whole time. And I didn't understand, I didn't understand at all what his purpose was. Like it just ended up feeling like unnecessary filler that you could have removed and actually made the runtime not almost two hours. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, is it a bad movie? Uh, not quite there, um, but it's not very visually striking. Uh, it had a couple decent moments, but it's a long way to get there. And I just think it should have embraced like a more pulp sensibility or had more fun with the story, especially allowing like some supernatural play in things like let the audience know their perfect hair is all a part of the phone, <laughs> you know, but it doesn't, it wants to be taken seriously. And I think that's just asking too much of me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was ultimately disappointed with this one. It, it's no conjuring three. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. But what is, you know, <laughs> uh, no, I definitely liked it better than, than you uh, because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not saying that you're nitpicking, but you you have such a um, an eye for like historical stuff and and all that that you can't let it go when it when it doesn't uh, uh, you know unless it unless it takes itself less seriously on purpose. Well, that's the thing. It depends on what they're going for, right? Yeah. Like I didn't bash the movie for historical inaccuracies. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't think that they know what they're actually using in the film. Um, they use them because they like the looks, but they don't actually have an understanding of it at all. Um, yeah. you know, I just, I think that if it had a different tone to it, something that was more fun and playful, then none of that stuff would have mattered. Uh, but it's, it tries to present itself as like a serious historical piece and it's just not. <laughs> so yeah. I felt like mm-hmm. I never understood what the point of the movie was. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what's the point of all this? The point of the movie yeah. is that is that you can be visited by Satan in a <laughs> jail cell and still have perfect hair. That's it. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's it. Sounds like they nailed that. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to you, Jessica. All righty. Uh, next, I watched The Woman in the Window, which just came out this year and is on Netflix. It was directed by Joe Wright, uh, written, well, the screenplay was written by Tracy Lutz, and it's based on a novel by A.J. Finn. Um, Something that's cool that I didn't notice until after the movie was that the music was by Danny Elfman, um, which is pretty, I love Danny Elfman. I can just listen to his music. Um, Amy Adams is in it. Obviously, everyone knows who Amy Adams is. Um, Fred 
I don't know how you say this kid's last name, Heckinger was in it. And he was actually also in Fear Street. Um, so maybe he's kind of a up and comer in the genre. And we have Gary Oldman. Julianne Moore was in it. Jennifer Lason, uh, Jason Lee was in it. Um, Wyatt Russell was in it. He's been in some stuff. So there's there's a cast here. Anthony Mackie's in it. So there's some good actors in here. And the plot summary is an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York begins spying on her new neighbors only to witness a disturbing act of violence. Um, I ended up thinking that this was a pretty middle of the road kind of movie. It is trying to do quite a lot, but it's not very coherent in what it's trying to portray. Um, it totally does like a tonal shift partway through the movie, but they just don't do it in a good way. It's not executed well. It's kind of one of those um, movies where you're wondering if it's an unreliable narrator or not. Um, and obviously I won't spoil anything about that, but I just thought it was kind of middle of the road, mostly just because it wasn't executed very well. But I did really like Amy Adams in it. Um, there's just there's just something about her and the way that she acts and her voice that uh, really draws you in, I think. And I also really like Julianne Moore in it. And I, yeah, I just love her in general. Um, yeah, I thought that she was really good in it. There's a cat in it that's really awesome. I love that cat who's acting his ass off. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't really like Gary Oldman in it. He was really flat in it for some reason. And I, I don't love know. him, but yeah, he yeah. Was no nothing. I I brought this up on our last one, and I I think you must you liked it a little more than I did. I just, yeah. I mean, I didn't really like it, but I I was kind of like on board for the first half of the movie. Well, I got excited with the cast. I'm like, oh, this this is going to be good. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good cast, and I did like Amy Adams. I didn't think that she did a bad job, but it's just like. Once there's kind of more reveals along the way, it just keeps falling apart more and more. And well, I think opinion. it's like it's like Vin said about the conjuring. It's it's not the actors, it's what they were given to do, you know. Right. To work with. So Yeah. There's some characters where all of a sudden their whole like character development you know, just reverts and they act completely different all of a sudden. And you don't know why. Mm -hmm. It just seems like bad writing in those scenarios. Yeah. But there are some scenes that are really pretty to look at and kind of cool. Because um, the main character is kind of under the influence a lot of the time. And so there's these scenes that are kind of dreamlike. You know, and you kind of feel like you're drifting off drunk with her. <laughs> uh, or something like that. And I kind of like those scenes and the way that they transition those scenes. Um, and I like some of the camera work. But the way that everything's edited and put together is just very strange and doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think in the end, it wasn't successful in whatever it was trying to do. Um, but I don't want to completely crap on it because I didn't think it was a, you know, really terrible movie or something. But it's super average for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alrighty. Tammy, <laughs> you're up. Alrighty. Um... I'll do false positive. This is a, I think it's, a, it's on Hulu, but I think it's a Hulu original, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's, it's from A to four. Oh, that's right. It is. Okay. 
Well, which right away there you think, you know, this is going to be really outstanding. Um, so the little synopsis, Lucy and Adrian find their dream fertility doctor in the illustrious Dr. Hindle. But after becoming pregnant, Lucy begins to notice something sinister behind Hindle's charm, and she sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about him. Um, now, while I thoroughly enjoyed this, this is like a thinly, in my opinion, this is a thinly disguised kind of like play on Rosemary's baby. There are literally scenes that are like yeah. word for word, shot for shot, just kind of updated with today's fertility technology. And this has some big names. It stars Justin Throw, Justin Thoreau, Ilana Glazer, which I guess she, I, I recognize her. I think she's like a comedian, but I don't I don't watch a lot of comedy, so mm -hmm. I don't know. But I knew I knew her face. But the best shining moment of this is Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Hindle. I think this is worth watching just to see him. He does an amazing job. And if you've seen this, it's worth it just to watch the scene between Dr. Hindle and the husband. If you've mm -hmm. seen it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was, uh, I was like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> I was like, woo. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, while this is much better than what I am seeing, a lot of people are saying on it about it. it it's not getting like the greatest reviews. Um, I think the problem is it's got a lot of really good ideas, but they just never like flush them out. It's, does have that premise of you know it's a crazy it's a pregnant woman so she must be crazy kind of thing which i i usually enjoy that premise but this felt almost like it would have been a better um series than a movie like they started a lot of ideas and you could have really gone far with them but you just can't in an hour and a half but i would still totally recommend it was definitely entertaining it was different even though it was borrowing heavily from rosemary's baby it was it still felt different and like I said, Pierce Brosnan was just incredible. It's weird. What was the, what did we watch a couple weeks ago? Oh, Dennis Quaid, right? And I said he had no business in a horror movie. You would think the same about Pierce Brosnan, but I don't know. He totally pulled it off. Maybe because you just don't expect him to play someone so sinister and he does it so well. I mean, he is just a snake in here. So yeah, I really liked it and I would, I would totally recommend it, but you know, I mean, it's a Hulu movie. Well, it's not a Hulu movie, but I think there's a reason why it ended up on Hulu and nowhere else, um, if you kind of know what I mean. So, but I really liked it and I would say watch it. I liked it too. And looking at the, I think it's got like a four point something mm -hmm. on IMDb. It does. That, that doesn't deserve that. No. It's, it's better than, it's better than that. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, I'd it's say it's somewhere between a seven and an eight, I would say. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if, if A24 made it specifically for Hulu or how that happened. I was it's surprised. Not, it's when not I saw your this. typical A24 no, movie. Not at all. In fact, I was surprised when I'd read the synopsis and then when it started and I saw the A24, I was like, wow, maybe this is going to go really dark, you know? But they just don't ever quite get there with it. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. False positive. We're back up to me. All right, I'm going to give you one that is on um, Shutter right now. And it's called The Super Deep. Anybody else? That's, yeah, that's in my pile of crap. Are you kidding me? I could. I said, well, I did a Tammy. I made it an hour and I gave up. And it it was two <laughs> sittings to get to that point. 
<laughs> that movie is awesome. No, everyone, it's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, it is totally a good movie. Does, are uh, you going to tell me it gets better after, at the one hour mark? I mean, do you agree with me? Of course it, of course it does, it but doesn't. it still wasn't bad. At the, no, it get out of here. <laughs> it was bad. Smoking crack. <laughs> um, comes from Russia. And basically, um, it's a horrible dub. Sorry to interrupt you, but it was one of the worst dubs I've ever seen. Okay, don't watch it in the dub. <laughs> well, that's all that there was. Oh. A small research team goes down below the surface uh, in the world's deepest borehole, uh, <laughs> and what they find turns out to be the greatest threat in history. The future of humanity is in their hands. What basically what you've got is uh, this team going down uh, into this borehole because there's been things uh, cited and um, and heard down there. So they're trying to inspect it and and things go badly. And there is some really good, you probably missed it because you didn't you didn't stick around. I saw the lab assistant. But like the body horror. Yeah, that was good and, body horror on her. And this thing is gross. <laughs> gross. I love it. It's 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 great to this movie is worth a watch just for the body horror. If you like that sort of thing, um uh, see I hear people um comparing this to the thing and all that. No. No, no, it's not. It's not that at all. It's not trying to be that. It, it's part like sci-fi, um, but I, I I enjoyed it. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, you got to get past the dub. Okay, but it, okay, you guys, have either of the other two of you seen this? No. Okay, this is one of those dubs where they're trying to make it match the mouse, so they just kind of say anything. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, even yeah. though it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Uh, so an hour into that, I'm pulling my own eyes out. No. <laughs> yes. I, I don't agree at all. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a chance, Mark. Yeah. You got you to gotta look past the fact that it's a dub and that they're, I don't know why Shudder has not offered it in its original language with a subtitle. Well, you know that the borehole is supposedly that's supposed to be a real thing. And I mean, people, you know, they supposedly yeah. they recorded, they say it's the voices from hell, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I was, I've always been intrigued by that. And I really wanted to be on board. Like, I really tried. I was excited. I, the night this was on there, I was there watching it. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. And it's got a good a female lead. It's, 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 it was good. It was good. I love that concept. Whenever that comes up in a movie, I'm pretty much guaranteed going to watch it. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah, it's your assignment, I, Jessica. You'd be the tiebreaker. I, <laughs> I, would, I would give it a chance. I would give it a chance. I, I'm not saying it's perfect. Some of the, some of the story is a little bit confusing. Um, I was very confused, but I, I think, think that's, that's part of why I gave up. But I think it's because of the uh, the fact that it's Russian and there's some lost in translation type of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, no pun intended. But I think the I think the last um, forty minutes 
make up for any um, any of the yeah. So that's just see, me. I gave up like ten minutes too soon. Oh, you did. <laughs> you did. You missed it. How dare Classic you. Tammy. Classic Tammy. Maybe I'll have to go in for a third time. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Back up to uh, Vin. All right. I'm going to talk about Seder. Uh, pro- produced, directed, and written by Jordan Graham. Um, this was, I guess, you know, from what I understand, a passion project that was like six years in the making, six years of post-production that he pretty much did all by himself. Um, and I could be wrong, but I think I remember reading somewhere that the old woman that's in the film was his own grandmother yep. who had, who had dementia, um, and who really did claim to have contact with a demon named Seder. Uh, I think she died before, um, you know, not too long after they had filmed those scenes, uh, you see automatic writing in the film. And that was actually from his grandmother from 1968, I guess that she did that stuff. Um, and you know, using, using that as material for your horror film is a little bit odd. Um, (laughs) and he does create something interesting and unique out of this. It's difficult for me to give a synopsis. And that's part of the problem, uh, is that there's not a big synopsis that I could give. Um, but, you know, first of all, we, we have this, okay, we have this, this guy who's living in this remote, I guess you could say cabin in the woods, although his family seems to live in the same woods, but just kind of on the other side of the woods, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's increasingly thinking that he's being tormented or visited by, I guess, demonic forces that are in the woods that visit him sometimes with like, you know, animal skins on and, uh, like his dog who's disappearing. And then it, the film is intercut with um, black and white footage. of a different ratio. And some of it is actually like his home videos, the real home videos. Um, and it, I guess I, I was sometimes unclear exactly when we went to that ratio, if we were going back in time or what exactly was happening for some of these things. Um, and he does end up giving us some very cool visuals. Uh, there's this kind of cool black and white art house opening credit sequence that's very witchy um, in a lot of ways. It ultimately, I think, doesn't have enough to do with the rest of the film's story. Um, but throughout the film, he gives us this excellent use of light and shadow. Um, this crisp cinematography in the forest makes the forest look super menacing. And it does a great job of creating a sense of mood and atmosphere, which is difficult to do you know, for a filmmaker. But despite all that, I did have to watch the film in two installments because I kind of found myself getting bored um, because there wasn't enough story. Uh, You know, there's not much narrative drive here. Um, The threads holding the scenes together didn't feel very strong for me. Um, You know, I didn't feel like there was also a clear connection between what the old woman, the grandmother was saying about Seder and what we end up seeing with the main character. You know, they're kind of pieces of story that don't really add up to much. I don't know. You could tell there's a personal story here about like a family dealing with dementia or schizophrenia. And I don't think that the story translates all that well to a wider audience. Um, it kind of gets repetitive at points. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a payoff at the end, but I didn't really see a clear connection to what came before enough to have it be satisfying. So I don't know. I mean, to summarize, it's beautifully filmed, intriguing. It's got a promising premise. It's certainly original, and I think people should check it out. 
but there just wasn't enough meat on the bone for me to chew on. Like I needed more of a story to go along with the visuals and maybe I would have found the images more effective if they meant something more to me. Um, so another one that I kind of wanted to like more than I did. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's the story of my life with that film. I, I had heard really good things about it because it, you know, it was in a festival run and uh, a couple people said, oh, wait till you see Seder. It was, you know, and I actually got a, a early screening for, directly from the director and I, I wanted to like it so bad, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, the director contacts you and, you know, and then he wants to know what you think of it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. that was kind of the same thing. I said, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff there, but like, I, it just, it just didn't come together for me. I thought it was disjointed and, uh, yeah, definitely some, some creepy imagery yeah. uh, here, here and there. And, and I like the, the black and white, uh, you know, film, but, yeah, I just couldn't 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 get into it. I tried to watch it two three times, just to see maybe it would grow on me, and it it didn't. <laughs> so yeah, when I heard it was slow and boring, I was actually kind of excited because I tend to like those movies. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Huh? I was like, no, this is slow and boring for me. Even yeah, it's just crazy if you know <laughs> the kind of stuff that I'll sit through. Yep, yep. All right. But you know what's right. weird. Just a little tidbit about that. I didn't look into it super deep, but I read that it was filmed in Santa Cruz. Oh. Which is kind of crazy. They're That's able to create that kind of uh, setting in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Is there woods like that in Santa Cruz? <laughs> I don't know. That's where you're from, right? No. Well, I'm from Palm Springs, Palm but I've Springs. certainly been to Santa Cruz. Um, yeah. And that's not the feel I get from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta hand it to a guy that, you know, stays at it and, and does something that takes six years. Yeah. Know, to, to I know it was also partly filmed in a national forest. Uh, one of them, I don't know what, exactly which one, but. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe if they did something kind of like relic, it would have been more successful but then it would yeah, just like be dealing right. with dementia i yeah right because yeah you don't want to just like replicate this other movie but maybe mm-hmm. if it was more metaphorical you mm-hmm. know i don't yep. know all right jess you're up all right since tammy hasn't brought this up yet i will bring up fear street part one 1994 which Tammy and I watched together. Yes, we did. It took us a long time to figure out how to watch it together. (laughs) (laughs) So we watched this one together. It was really fun. We did kind of distract each other sometimes because you can message each other and Mm -hmm. we'd be like, wait, what just happened? Um, (laughs) But uh, the plot summary for this is a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shadyside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Overall, I think that it was really fun and there's some really fun kills and gore. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was not expecting that. Yeah. So I'm sure that everyone who's seen it is aware of one particular kill 
in a grocery store that takes place. I will just say that my daughter happened to walk in right when I was watching (laughs) that scene. And she was um, automatically traumatized. She was <laughs> <laughs> oh my Best God, what grocery is store kill since uh, uh, The Intruder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really awesome. And I was like, yeah. And my daughter was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so these are based on the R.L. Stein Fear Street yes. books, right? Yeah. Yes. And those they, are kind of like young adult, aren't they? Dude, they ratchet it up. They, they, so these are this is adult horror. I was expecting like a goosebumps, yeah, sort of thing, dude. No, no, they're 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 riffing off of Scream. Uh, I said it reminded me of, adult sl- fans. of Slasher yeah. that was on MTV. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty brutal. It's have, it's definitely brutal. <laughs> have any of you guys actually read those books? You know, no. I haven't, and I'm kind of surprised because I think I read every Goosebumps book. Like twenty times each when I was a little kid, um, mm-hmm. but no, I didn't know about Fear Street. And there's a lesbian relationship in it, and uh, okay, it's, this... it's, it's it's not, you know, it's not like a a, a kids thing at all. Kids Very mature not. themes. No. Yeah, yeah. 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 and Jessica said, it, "Okay, it seems like they were trying to go get." out of the uh, YA label so bad that it became a kitty porn. And we both said that like some of those scenes were uncomfortable to watch if you're over like 18. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We're like, uh, I don't feel comfortable. I mean, I'm sure all these kids aren't actual <laughs> kids, but you're yeah. knowing that they're in a high school setting. You're like, Ooh, oh, yeah. kind of gross. I remember up. my wife and I going to see like a, a high school production of Grease. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's so many sex jokes in that, and yeah. <laughs> we got really uncomfortable <laughs> watching like real teenagers uh, like perform these things. We're like, this is not as funny when it's really no. teenagers saying these things, and not thirty year olds pretending to be teenagers. <laughs> well, in in this, it's the real teenagers literally performing. If you know what I mean, yeah. So yeah. it's just a little bit like I don't. I feel kind of dirty. <laughs> It kind of makes you work, like, who's the audience for this? Yes, now? Exactly. Yeah. I think if you're under 18, this is going to be amazing. And I still thought it was really, really good. But maybe if they had been some 20 somethings rather than how old these kids were supposed to be, like just old enough to drive, mm-hmm. it was like, man, I don't even think I knew what that a lot of that stuff was when I was that age. Uh, so, yeah, it was a little, I don't know. But I mean, I still really liked it. Yeah, I still liked it and it was a lot of fun, but that those scenes in particular too were that classic kind of slasher trope that maybe I don't love um, in the modern <laughs> era where it's like we're in grave danger, we gotta do it, hurry. I just don't get that. I mean, they literally did that, like they were in danger and you see like three sets of people, go and do it real quick. <laughs> and like... Okay, what was the point of that? <laughs> you know, like, like, you're in some real deep danger right now. Mean, so are they trying to be tongue in cheek? Is that why I did that? But I don't think they were. I think it just didn't were... come off as a joke the way it was done. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was one literal joke that was said mm-hmm. afterwards. <laughs> but other <laughs> yeah. than that, you're like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to yeah. watch this. I really felt like it was. Uh... Like I said, riffing on Scream, you know, and like rules of of things, and yeah, you know, it was like underlying an type influence of influence by Scream for sure. 
Yeah, especially yeah. the beginning. Mm-hmm. The beginning has, you know, spoiler alert, has Maya Hawk in it, and she's becoming kind of like a bigger um, deal, I guess, in Hollywood. Like she, she started off like in a BBC production of Little Women, and then she was in season season four of Stranger Things. Whatever the last one was, it's been so long. Uh, I, I think it's season three. I think three? season four is coming. Yeah, we're out. waiting on four, right? Okay, so yeah. She, yeah. So, uh, you know, she's kind of getting, uh, getting a lot of, um, hype and stuff. So she's kind of, she's kind of like the Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. character in there, but, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, um, the fact that it wasn't just a run of the mill slasher, but there's like a supernatural uh, mm-hmm. element to it. And I like how there's two more movies that are going to tie it together you know, with, with all these different killers, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And how, yeah. how it all yeah. originated with the yeah. shady side, um, lore. I, I think it, I think it was, uh, really clever and I really just, I wasn't expecting what I got. I was expecting like goosebumps. Yeah. There was some, like one of the things that kind of bothered me was just trying to figure out what's going on. But then mm-hmm. afterwards, when I was thinking about it, I was like, wait, there's going to be two more installments. So yeah. it now m- kind of makes me excited for the next one. Because and the next one's in the 70s. I'm so excited. Oh, and it's, it's <laughs> summer camp. It looks summer cool. camp. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for that one. But I'm hoping, you know, that they that there's a good payoff um, that will elevate this one even more once you know what's actually going on. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, yeah you should I watch it, Vin. You should watch yeah, it. Yeah, Vin, you should watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's yeah. fun. And especially since the second one comes out Friday. It's, it's like I think it's like three consecutive Fridays. Yes. Yeah. 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 So don't don't get all backed up, you know. So. <laughs> all right, Tammy, what you got? Um I did not get to watch a ton of stuff, I'm sorry to say. So my next one, I'm already doing repeats here. And I saw Quiet Place too. Um, I wanted, I won't. Get, we talked it to death, so and I think pretty much everybody's seen it by now, so I won't give the whole thing. But yeah, I'll just say, it. oh, you didn't see? It? Okay. Well, yeah. I hope I don't turn you off to it. Um, I'm going to be the first naysayer that I've heard. I think um, I wanted the entire movie to be like the beginning. I was so loving the beginning, and then what I ended up with felt just like the first movie had been complete. And now what we got this time felt almost like an episode out of a series about that story. You know, it just didn't, I didn't feel like it needed to be made. Like, what was the whole point of that? It did nothing. It, it was just like a, a day in their life. You know, there was no beginning, no end. Um, I was just really, really disappointed. And the stuff, there was like the, so many ideas that they didn't spend near enough time on, like, I won't. I want to give spoilers, but nobody told me that is is it Jimon Hansu, the black guy. I didn't even know that part of the story, uh-huh. and like I wanted something to come out of that, and that never went anywhere. But then we get some really long scenes of like a kid who can't breathe. You know, it was like th- what they chose to focus on didn't make any sense. I don't know. This just felt kind of like why to me. Well, uh, I saw it as the middle part of a three-part story 
Okay, if they do there's, that, there's definitely they're definitely doing a third one. I mean, there's absolutely no clue because it ended, and it was kind of still open up in the air. I was a little. I I enjoyed the movie a lot, but I, I definitely was like, well, that's a little bit of an abrupt ending. Mm-hmm. But but you know what? So was the first one. The the first one was a little bit of an abrupt ending, you know. Yeah. So I think I it'll make more sense, uh, and I think they're not done with that other storyline, you know, because it reminded me a little bit of like almost like the Walking Dead, very much where the where, where, Dead. where where people are some of the danger it's not mm-hmm. just the creatures but people mm-hmm. are some of the danger but yeah so i don't know uh, it just didn't feel at, at all like to me like the caliber of the first movie i like i liked it I yeah did. i wonder if i wonder if that's also because um didn't he only intend to you know write and direct the first one oh, and then they probably kind of- they yeah. kind of roped him into doing the second one as well, and it, he didn't really have an intention of doing that. Mm-hmm. But did did uh, do you, did do you guys feel like did the second one bring anything to the table or have a point or advance the story or I mean maybe a little because yeah. now you know there's other people. It did. There's mm-hmm. other people. There's that's it. Well, I liked um, the girl. Uh, What's her name? Mill is it Millicent or something along those lines? I think is her name. Um, but anyways, the daughter. I like her kind of becoming the main character and trying to fill in that man role of the family. I think that that's kind of cool, you know, because she's a girl, um, and the brother's clearly the more you know delicate one, mm-hmm. um, and she's the one who wants to take charge and and fill that role for their family and be strong. And she wants to save people because she knows the truth behind what their weakness is. Um, so I like that aspect of it, that we have this young, strong female character who's taking charge. I did like that. And I absolutely loved Cillian Murphy. I thought yeah. he was the standout of this, even though I do believe it was, a, it's Millicent Simmons and she plays Reagan, Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, yeah, she was more like, kind of like the star of this one. But to me, I, I think the only thing I got out of it or that I could say is that you got introduced to Cillian Murphy's story and mm-hmm. um, it was absolutely heartbreaking. And I mean, he was, he did such a good job of looking like somebody would look because <laughs> yeah. like, you know what he normally looks like. And then somebody who's been through what these people are going through, because come on, Emily Blunt still looks perfect and beautiful. She really does. Um, <laughs> but now Reagan looks a little, you know, she's kind of got that dirty look to her. Like, you know, these people are not showering or eating or, you know, and mm-hmm. Emily Blunt does not look like that. Doesn't, I mean, doesn't look like she's having hardships you know don't what I mean? hate her because she's beautiful <laughs> she, she just has to keep wading through water so yes. it's just cleaning her off naturally yes okay well <laughs> but i don't know i just so i liked him the best too yeah, yeah he was totally the good thing about this one in, in my opinion so yeah. uh, i can't agree with you i mean uh, i can see somebody being disappointed because, because I don't think it's the first one. The first one was so um, different, you know, uh, that I think we've that novelty of having to be quiet or whatever has kind of mm-hmm. worn off. Just a, it's a tad, but that's why 
that's why you have without being a spoiler it's too much but like you don't have to be as quiet in this movie in some in certain spots you know what i'm saying yes and also it doesn't seem to make much of a difference and i thought and i know this is exactly what a lot of people probably wanted was the monsters to take a front seat which they did in this one and i thought it went too far the other way because they weren't that frightening you know what i mean like it's there's something about not knowing when and where you know and kind of in this one they're just kind of always there and now that you can plainly see them they just they're like giant cochlea you know they're just like giant ears with arms (laughs) it's kind of like what they are (laughs) and i just i I, they didn't seem as scary to me all to me but and i could see if like a year or two was supposed to have passed between the first movie and this one but it's not is it isn't it just like it's a direct Okay, yeah, like, their whole attitude seems to have changed towards these monsters in this one. So, you know, I didn't love that part. But I know a lot of people are probably like, yeah, you know, because there's tons of monsters in it. And they definitely did a better job with the CGI. Yes. uh, Because they looked much better than they did in the first first movie. Very integrated into the Mm -hmm. movie, yes. They did a very good job with that. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I know too. That first, that opening scene is really, really awesome. Um, and I also, yeah. it's, it's the Loved best it. part. And yeah. I know that sometimes when you're watching a movie, it's like the opening's too strong that it kind of makes the rest of the movie look not as good, you know, because it's just not up to par with that opening. Wouldn't you so have loved that part of it? Wouldn't you? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I would have loved a 90 minutes of that opening leading to the first movie you know like let's watch this whole process don't you wanted a prequel yes thank you that's exactly what i wanted and i I mean those are just so you could have more john krasinski no no (laughs) cillian murphy's way cuter than him i don't think he's that cute Mm. well i can have him No, but whenever I'm watching anything apocalyptic, those are always my favorite scenes when you're watching everybody observe the world coming to an end and not knowing what the heck is going on. That always just makes my heart stop. So One minute you're at a baseball game and the next minute half the people are dead and your whole life was just turned upside down. I thought they masterfully showed exactly what that would be like. It was so good. So good. uh, I guess we're seeing that they're they came from space. That's what it it? appears. Yeah, because they think it's streaking down the sky. I'm assuming that those creatures came. Well, and I think aliens. If you saw that, wouldn't you think it was a nuclear bomb? You know, you're not expecting like your whole world's about to be the way that it looked. It could have been an incoming missile or a bomb or whatever. I don't think all of a sudden now you've got these animal uh, creature things running all over the place you know right but just how dumbfounded and surprised and frozen deer in the headlights everybody was i think that's exactly how you would be yeah you know and then as parents your instinct to take care of your get your kids to safety would take over but i know i just thought they did that masterfully and i just wanted it to keep going and then but it doesn't it stops abruptly and now you know and then you're in, in the movie so yeah did you watch that one with landon no, no. I oh, didn't. okay. 
I couldn't remember if you were waiting to watch that with him or not. I was, and then um, we just never got around to it. So, and he's back up at his dad's till Friday. So oh, okay. I just went ahead and watched it. But um, I was yeah. wondering what Landonator's take was on it. <laughs> uh, I think he's gonna like it. I, I yeah, and we both loved the first one so much. But a lot of that was, you know, that experience of seeing a quiet place in the theater. You yeah. know that uh, that you, you'll never get that. And I, honestly, I wasn't looking for that. I knew I wasn't going to get that, yeah. but I still was like, man. But it, that's just my personal opinion. So, but you didn't like hate it, right? No, I didn't hate it at all. I was just yeah. like, I'm pouting because it wasn't what I wanted <laughs> it to be. You know, right? I know. And yeah. we had to wait a really long time for it. That and it's a must see. Like, if you're a horror fan, you have to see this, and then you have to form your own opinion. Yeah. But I know there's got to be people that agree with me that they wish they'd have done a prequel. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll continue. The, I don't know. Maybe they will. I don't know. All right. I've got, um, I'll do one and then we'll go one more time through. All right. Okay. Yep. Uh, this I'm going into the uh, horror comedy world. And has anyone else seen vicious fun? No, haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> again, it's set in the eighties, and uh, this guy named Joel is a horror film critic for a horror magazine, and he's like a total loser, <laughs> and <laughs> he finds himself uh, walking into a self-help group for serial killers. It's like he finds himself there accidentally and it's this group of serial killers that get together to discuss killing <laughs> it's like a Sounds therapy awesome. group for serial killers <laughs> did and you bring this up on mark your calendars i think you did yes yeah okay. i mean last month uh -huh. last month i did but um and so basically he tries to blend in uh <laughs> like pretend like he's a killer too because <laughs> yeah this funny. <laughs> yes and they figure it out. And so it's basically him trying to escape and run from five different serial killers. And one of the killers is actually trying to kill the other killers. So she tries to help him. And it's it's crazy because all these different uh, killers are all like there's one like Julian Richard, what's his name? Julian Richings. Where have I seen this guy before? Oh, Man of Steel, X Men. He's been a bunch of different stuff. You'll you'll know him when you see him. He's like the old serial killer that that um, puts a hypodermic needle in your neck and puts you to sleep and whatever. Mm. And then uh, Mike is this big like slasher, big monster like. Uh, serial killer like he just like he loves to hang out at, at the summer camps he said <laughs> you know and um then this this uh asian guy hideo he is like a cannibal and so it's it's all these different kinds of serial killers they all have their own way and then they all, all kind of like start fighting each other and it, it's it's bloody it's funny it's really good it so sounds you really good it. yeah you should watch it. It's got a 6.6 6 out of 10 on IMDb right now. So, vicious fun. All right. 
All right. Van, what's your last one? Uh, I watched Stay Out of the Attic, also known as Stay Out of the Effing Attic. Um, the directorial debut of Jaron Lauder, I believe mm-hmm. if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and yeah, this, right from the very beginning, this definitely feels like a low-budget film. Uh, you know, the we have our uh, three main protagonists who are um, all ex-cons who are now part of a moving business. And uh, they come to this giant Victorian house and they're given a lot of money if they can pack up everything in that night uh, to be ready to move out by the morning. The only rules are do not go in the attic and don't go in the basement. And oh, I watched course, this. I hated it. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it just hit me what it, it was. took that okay. long for you to figure yeah, out what yes, I was talking this about. Is, this <laughs> is the one with like the Nazi stuff. Yes, yeah. and I, I was so excited for it. I watched it the night it came out on Shutter. Yeah, I mean, this is, um, you know, the, the protagonists are pretty stereotypical. Uh, the acting is pretty consistently amateur. Um, and the main characters at the time are just annoying. Uh, however, um, as the film progresses and we start unearthing all that bat crap Nazi plot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's going on, um, in a certain way, I was won over. Uh, by especially the, the gore effects and just the off the wall craziness, you know, that's thrown at the screen. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's a pretty dumb film. Uh, it's not like, but it's not a dumb film that pretends to be a smart film, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it wants to give its audience a fun ride with lots of blood and maybe a few laughs here and there. And I think it mostly accomplishes that. Um, it's this is not a high recommendation from me, but. I think once you get past that first act, uh, which, uh, Tammy, did you even get past that, or did you turn it off, like, 15 minutes in? No, I did. There. I did watch the whole thing, but okay. I, honestly, I can't remember <laughs> much about it. So. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of details to really remember in this one. I um, saw on Facebook this getting a lot of hate, like, like worst of the year type thing. No, it's not that. And no, I, it's not I, that. I, I'm, I'm the same with you, Vin. I, I kind of enjoyed it, knowing... Yeah. Knowing what it was and just accepting it for what it was, you know, right. and I, I think people can have a low budget film. It wasn't yeah. bad. <laughs> it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, turn off your brain, you know, and let it take you on this kind of crazy ride. And I, the thing is like, considering how low budget it seems in the very beginning, I was surprised by some of the things they pulled off in the end, yeah. um, you know, with, with the gore effects. And uh, there's this one girl that's there that, um, has had a certain experiment performed on her that actually looked really good. Uh, oh, it looked really yeah, creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, when they, when we came across that, uh, I was actually kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, okay, this movie is earning my respect a little bit uh, as far as what it's trying to do and its ambition. Um, and yeah, it's it's a stupid movie, but it's it's kind of <laughs> stupid and entertaining at the same time. Uh, <laughs> as Tammy reveals, you can forget about it very quickly after watching. Yeah. It. <laughs> but but I think that if you go in with low expectations, you'll have a decent time watching. It, so any anything Nazi horror, I'm gonna watch it. Like it's just how I am. I mean, it gets yeah. points just for that with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't be too hard on it, Tammy. I no, I I I can't remember much about it. So you should rewatch <laughs> it. Maybe you'll like it better. <laughs> no, I remember that I wouldn't want to rewatch it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Same. I'm not gonna go rewatching it, but I think it's fine for a one time watch. Yeah. All right, Jessica, your last one. All right. 
Um, yeah, so for my last round of watches, I watched all of the creep shows. Um, that's creep show one, two, and three. Did you guys know that there was a creep show three and that I it's did. terrible? I, did. <laughs> I knew it existed, I haven't seen it. It's not great. I was like, oh my god, a creep show three, I didn't even know. Um, and I it's a nice way of putting it, it. it's not great. <laughs> there was one segment that I was okay with, um, but other than that, I was really not into it. But it was really fun rewatching the first two. I love revisiting those. I think it was because I watched the amusement park that I got in a creep show mood. And mm-hmm. then I watched all of the creep show, the new series on um, Shutter afterwards. And well, I had you that seen too. that before? I had not. Okay. Yeah. So Some were I, really good. They were. They're so good. I, I've been on kind of, um, I've been in that mood lately because I've been kind of short on time of watching, you know, things that are just in segments that I can watch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's why I also watched that uh, Into the Darkness series or, oh, I'm sorry, In Search of Darkness. Um, so I finished up the second one of that. And then I just started the Eli Roth History of Horror one. Those um, are so good. I hate to say it, but they are. They're good. They're pretty good, but they're <laughs> also kind of when he when he like frames the people he's gonna interview beforehand, it's like he told them to stand there and look as goth and cool as possible. Yeah. Something. And I can only imagine trying to stand there and look cool for a few seconds <laughs> while you film me just standing here and trying yeah. really hard not to laugh. <laughs> um, and actually hearing him hearing his commentary is also kind of cringy. <laughs> I, I've said before there's only so much of him you can take, but yeah. I and I haven't watched every single episode, but like there's like a haunted house one that's really good. I mean, it kind of depends on what he's talking about. If I'm interested enough in the subject matter, then I can get around him, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And he's hanging out with G- Greg Nicotero and stuff. So that's cool. Um, Stephen King. Yeah. I, I'd yeah. get kind of tired of Rob Zombie. Doesn't love Rob Zombie. I do like Rob Zombie. Um, as long as he's so, singing, I'm fine with him. Well, I mean, he's mostly just sitting there, not even saying anything to be honest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but so I've been watching a lot of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I did rewatch Shaun of the Dead with one of my buddies. And it was so fun because I haven't seen it in forever. Um, and it definitely holds up. It's, it's a perfect, you know, horror comedy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Comedy mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. <laughs> It's just really good. It's so much fun. I, you know, forgot a lot of the jokes. And so some of it was fresh for me again. It's just so well written. And I love the way it's cut. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about it for me. All right. Tammy. What, what other what... movie did you hate? I am like the downer of the show. The downer of the show. She just yeah. has standards. She does. She does. <laughs> um, like I said, I watched Conjuring Three. Here's what I said: watched it two weeks ago. Couldn't even remember anything to write, so I'm not even going to bother to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I, I'm going to do a corrections corner. I'm going to redeem something. I rewatched Army of the Dead with the Landinator, and it was much better the second time around. It really was. <laughs> it really was. It was so good. So I 
no, I don't, I didn't hate it the first time. I was just kind of like, yeah, and I don't know. I just really enjoyed it the second time. So I, I feel like the first time we talked about it, you were kind of like really hard on it. And then after we were done talking about it, by the end, you were like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you you kind of like talked yourself up throughout it. Well, well when you hear why everyone else loved it, then you can kind of be like, yeah, I can see that, you know, yeah. but yeah, that was good. Um, and then Super Deep, which I have, that was my one thing on the piece of crap. And then I finally watched Wicker Man. And I think I was challenged to watch that like a year ago on here. Wait, which one? Nicolas Cage is great in that. No, I did not watch that one. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, watched the original? I finally watched the original. I have to say some of the scenes were pretty uncomfortable in that kind of like last house on the left. I think I need to throw up because this movie makes me feel so terrible feeling in my yeah. stomach. But it had Christopher Lee in it, your boyfriend. I was going to say, my man... <laughs> In a bad 70s wig, still looking like a piece of cake, though. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I really Lord liked Summer it. Summer Isle, right? Yep. <laughs> Please tell me that you loved it. I did love it. I yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. That's one and of my favorites. Still looking like a piece of cake. He was. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a kilt in that, too, right? Oh, yes. The a kilt. <laughs> yeah. Way hot. He is so hubba hubba. And that's it for me. I, I'm sorry. I just never thought of Christopher Lee as hot. I'm just, that's just, I mean, I know I'm not a a woman, but. Uh, well, even you don't have he, to be a woman. Too. Even if he wasn't hot, he would default be hot because his voice is so hot. Yeah. He's not yeah. that, what is it, Jessica? I don't know, that dark bad boy yeah like that dark mysterious plus you can tell he's really tall (laughs) i like guys with dark hair yeah he's got it all i mean he does have some questionable teeth but you know got got those british teeth he does have the british teeth (laughs) he has those like deep soulful eyes yes make him look like he's hiding a secret you just want to know when you guys want to write a poem, you ever you ever listen to his death metal album? No. Did you know yeah. he had a death metal album? No. Yeah. He did heavy metal. Look it up. Yeah. There's like I'm a metal. And it's kind of like, sings during yeah, it. It's him like talking. <laughs> he like did it when he, he was I think like he did a Christmas metal album, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He did it yeah, like it was like nine. a year before he died or something. They did a Christmas really? album, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's like a bunch of things I love all together. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. It's not bad. Honestly. Definitely you can probably find it on Spotify. Sweet. All Thank right. you. My <laughs> last one is a, a good one, but th- I think this is Vin's type of movie right here. Uh, but I think Jessica, too, maybe you said you like slow burns. I do. Uh, Usually. I think Tammy might hate this movie. Is it, called, is it called Swords and Why We Love Them? <laughs> Swords and Why We Love Them. It's kind of like that movie. <laughs> My heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Oh, I, I tried to watch this and it wouldn't work on your Plex, so I got no, mad. On my Plex! Right. <laughs> That's right. So um, I tried. Sounds right. like a very Jalo type title, but it doesn't have an animal in it. It is, it is not Jalo <laughs> at all. Um, basically, what you have is three siblings that live uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And two of the siblings kind of take care of their frail and sickly younger brother. who just happens to be a vampire. 
Mm-hmm. And so they are his caretakers and they kill people and feed him the blood. So he doesn't have to go out and do that. Oh, uh, yeah. He, this is, I know this is, uh, categorized as horror and there is horror in it. But it is such, it's a family drama about these three siblings. And the one sibling is just, you know, he doesn't want to do this anymore. He doesn't want to live like this anymore. And it's about him, you know, kind of wanting to break free from this, this life. But, you know, he's, you know, he doesn't want to leave his brother to, you know, either away and die or whatever. I'm not sure. I forget exactly what it was that, why he couldn't go out and do this stuff on his own. But, uh, you know, they kill homeless people and, and drifters and stuff and, uh, and bleed them. And they have, you know, there's little, um, iced tea coolers where you, uh, you fill it with iced tea and there's a little, um, switch at the bottom, <laughs> a little thing that you pull up and the, and the tea comes out and you fill mm-hmm. your drink. Yeah. They got that filled full of blood. It's pr- nice. pretty good. But it's, it's, it's like, um, something like the battery or what else can I compare it to where it's drama horror. Uh, but it's really, really shot well, acted extremely well. Uh, I don't think this had a, a huge budget, um, but you can't tell that it looks it looks really great. So, if you like drama horror, if you like you know a, a good compelling story and characters, you're, you're not going to be getting any. There's no jump scares. It's it's nothing like that. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was a good, uh, very good movie. My heart can't beat unless you tell it to. And I do have one to put on the pile of crap and somebody might, uh, disagree with me with this one, but it's on shutter. It's called an unquiet grave. Anybody heard of that one yet? I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. I had heard good things about it. I watched it. It's about this, a uh, husband whose wife dies in an accident and, and he convinces her sister to do this ritual that he says is going to bring his wife back and without spoiling it basically you know she comes back but she's she's not right <laughs> kind of like pet cemetery i was just going to say that <laughs> but i found it boring and just like, I don't know. I just didn't like it at all. I thought the guy's acting wasn't very good, but then there just wasn't, there wasn't much happening at all, but mm. watch it. I mean, I, I was surprised that it got picked up by shutter. So, um, but that's my, it's on my pile of crap. So were you surprised? Cause it wasn't very horror or just because it's boring no, because it wasn't any good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> usually I can count on shutter to, Mm-hmm. To pick up the some good stuff, uh, but that one just didn't didn't sit well with me. So anyway, all right. Well, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Horrorcast. Let's tell everybody where they can find us. How about you, Jessica? Where can they find you? Don't hide. Yeah. 
<laughs> on Facebook, you can find me lurking around in our group page uh, for the horror cast. And then I'm under my name, Jessica Schmidt. That's my real name, if you didn't know. Uh, Instagram, I'm amateur underscore destroyer underscore. On Twitter, I'm at amateur destroyer. And on Letterboxd, I'm ashy underscore slashy. Nice. All right, Taminator. Um, on our Facebook page. Um, you need to get yourself a Twitter <laughs> or something. Come on, girl. Why do we have to do this every time? From let me from here on out, you can find me on our Facebook page or under my real name, which is Tamara Turner, Tammy Turner. In case you did not know, Tamara Gail Turner. In case you did not. Know. Wow, you're giving them all your secrets. I know. <laughs> What's your social security number? Three two eight. All right, Vin. All right, on Facebook, I am Vin Horrorcast. Uh, the blog is therevenantreview.com. and on YouTube, it's Revenant Reads. All right. Well, if you want to email us, you can do so at askthehorrorcast at gmail Follow us on Twitter at the HCast and on Instagram at the HorrorCast and the HorrorCast on TikTok. That's right. So that'll be it for another episode of the HorrorCast where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Monster.